0: All right, so we're here with Martin Herra now, and we get to be a little bit discreet before, um, in case we give anything away. So, um, first of all, congratulations. And um, how do you feel? How did you feel when you found out?
1: Well, thank you very much. Well, fantastic. I found out uh, quite some time ago, actually, uh, end of February. I got an email from Ingrid Overschitz, who's the president of the IMU. Um, asking to meet or have a telephone meeting and well, she told me the news.
0: Did you expect uh, it at all?
1: Um, not really. I mean, I, I knew that I was being considered somehow. I mean, there were rumours. But I mean, there, there are many very strong young mathematicians, so yeah. I didn't really expect it would be me.
0: <laughs> and was it hard keeping a secret? Um,
1: yeah, sometimes it was quite hard. I mean, I think generally people... Were being careful about not, you know, asking me directly about things. So they were helping you, yeah, but yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay, good. Um, a few times we got pretty close. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's only one more day. You gotta keep it secret.
0: Yeah. Um, <coughs> so, <coughs> um, could you tell us in as simple terms as possible, um, to for, for non-experts, what your work is about?
1: Good. <laughs> Um, okay, so, so I work with certain mathemat- mathematical objects that are called stochastic partial differential equations. Um, and so they describe systems that evolve both in space and in time. Mm-hmm. So um, for example... So one example is the um, evolution of a random interface. So for example, if you take a sheet of paper and you burn it at one end, and then you, s- you, you observe how the, um, you know, how the edge of the burning part progresses. So uh, that's the interface between the, like, and so the ash the and the, of, the paper. Exactly, mm. so it's the interface between the paper and the ash. Mm. Um, and then in the beginning it starts out pretty flat, because you assume that you just started completely flat, you start burning on the edge of the paper. Uh, and then after a bit, it's going to start developing, you know, bumps. And it's going to have fluctuations, and these fluctuations are going to grow. Um, and so there's... So one of these stochastic partial differential equations describes how the how fluctuations of such an interface evolve over space and time. Um, and... The-
0: Sorry, the, the word stochastic and there suggests that there's an element of randomness. So, so where does the randomness come from in that case?
1: So, well, in that case, randomness could come, for example, from the fact that the paper is not completely homogeneous. So there would be some bits of the paper burn a bit faster than others. Or simply maybe because of the... Simply the air circulations or some bits of the flame would propagate a little bit faster than others. So the randomness comes from there. Okay.
0: So um, there would be some form of an equ- um, equation to describe that. But your job—you didn't um, find the equation, no, but I you found ways. So, equation. so what was the problem with the equation, which was found already in the eighties, I think, yeah, wasn't it? Right. Mm. Yeah.
1: So the problem with the equation is that um, when you write it down, there's one term in the equation that somehow doesn't really make sense. So that term involves the square of the derivative of the solution, um, but then the solution actually isn't differentiable anywhere.
0: So, there's, so somehow the equation contains an assumption that things should be nice and smooth, it, but, but they are not?
1: In a way. So what happens is that there is an assumption of uh, scale separation. So there's an assumption that you, you look at the interface at some large scale. Uh, but then at some very small scales, it would actually be smooth. And So, of course, if now the equation that you write down is an idealization where you send the small scale to zero, mm. and then it's not really smooth anywhere anymore. Yeah. Right?
0: C- can I just ask, is that um, what you just described, is that true of the physical manifestation of it, that um, you, you have a lack of smoothness when you, when you look closely, or is that just something that applies to the mathematical formulation? Also, no, so you
1: would have a lack of smoothness when you actually look at it on relatively large scales, right? So if you look at very closely, then it actually would be smooth. Mm-hmm. But now what you want is you want to have an ideal model where you, may, you send the small scale to zero, and then you would want to know that what you actually see at the larger scales doesn't depend too much on, you know, how small the actual small scale is or what happens exactly at the small scale, mm-hmm. right? And so that's why you would really want to have the ideal equation which doesn't care about what happens at the small scales Mm -hmm. it just tells you the large scale behavior Mm -hmm. and that's the equation that doesn't make any sense when you look at it mathematically Mm -hmm. whereas of course if you smoothen things out or you take a model where um, things are regular at small scales then that one makes perfect sense but it's Mm. not clear a priori that it would actually have a limit when you send that small scale to zero yeah
0: so, so the problem is that to, to be sure that this limit is there, that you yeah, can that, do you that.
1: Have, that. you have such a limit, and also that the limit doesn't depend on what actually happens at the small scales.
0: So mm-hmm. And then that, that is your main contribution, and that you worked out yeah. it's this yeah, limiting process, and that it actually works. Right,
1: and so I, I worked out a general theory that allows to make sense of that type of equation. So it's not only for that equation in particular, but it's for various equations that have similar kind of problems or similar kind of structure.
0: So it's a whole class of equations and problems that can be dealt with in that yes, way. Yes, that's right. Mm. Yeah. So when when did you start working on that?
1: Um, okay, so I so on that particular type of problems, I started working on it about maybe six years ago something like that, or six years ago. Um, so it's
0: not such a long time, really. I mean, it's quite...
1: No, so I worked on okay, so I've been working on stochastic partial differential equations in general for quite a long time but it was mostly on other types of questions so usually questions related to the uh, long time behavior of solutions and so I've been working on these regularity questions only much more recently
0: And uh, what next? So that's co- this is, has been <laughs> quite an achievement. So have you got a next major pro- problem pro- project there well, that you're working on? No,
1: so there are actually still lots of things to do in that direction. So um, now there's a there's a general theory that allows to describe solutions to these equations, and it actually allows to it allows to show quite easily uh, convergence to these solutions for certain class of approximations, um, but then there are many more natural or more physically relevant approximations for which it's uh, much less obvious to, you know, to apply the theory directly. Um, so there are actually still quite a lot of problems in that direction where...
0: So you're going or to keep on I working on a similar for, area.
1: For the moment, I'm going to work on a similar
0: yeah. Area. I and I, similar. I read in the news release of the IMU for the prizes that you also developed some audio software.
1: Oh so. uh, yes, that's right.
0: Um, what, what does that do? And when did you do that? Because you did that when you were long, time ago.
1: I started working on that when I was basically as a teenager, so when I was, when I was 16 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's an audio editor. So it's. it's more or less standard type of audio editor so you can record audio and apply we should effects be using to this it <laughs> <laughs> well, so you can apply effects to it You know, yeah. cut out all the n's and, n's yeah, and, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and is pauses. that because are you
0: a musician or something as well yeah. or how did you get into that
1: no I got into this a little bit by coincidence because I, I was looking for a project to take part in um, <coughs> one of these contests for young scientists and so the project I wanted to present was to take a piece of music and then have the computer figure out what the notes are. And that's, so the, that's hard. That's <laughs> hard. And so the first step was to actually get the music into the computer because, well, it was in the late, early 90s, so there wasn't that much audio editing software around or audio recording software around. Um, so that was actually the first step, just to somehow get the sound into the program and mm. be able to manipulate it. And, well, it never went much further than that. <laughs>
0: okay, well, pretty good <laughs> already. Worked out pretty well. <laughs> I was just wondering, when you were doing the, um, you mentioned that there's more physically relevant models that some of the theory doesn't work as well for yet. Can you give us some examples of those?
1: Also, th- there are classical models, mm-hmm. classical discrete models mm-hmm. of interface propagations where you can sort of describe it quite easily in little rules of how the interface would evolve. Um, it's maybe not that easy to do, as often. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's easy to do on a blackboard. <laughs> no. um, but so these are quite relatively simple toy models that you can write down, and they are the type of models that mm-hmm. physics. Physicists tend to like because they are sort of very clean, very simple. Um, but then, on the other hand, they are not yet written down as a partial differential equation, also, and so they are less. In some sense, the formulation is not as close to the limiting object that you want to get than for certain other ways of regularizing the equation.
0: Well, thank you very much for the interview, and have fun.